Ladies and gentlemen of San Antonio, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, NFL draftniks, geezers, skeezers, weirdos, this is Roster Watch. We are top 10 worldwide in 2011 fantasy football rankings. We've spent the last eight months of our lives preparing for today. Today, we start the 2012 fantasy football season, and we are so happy to be on in San Antonio on 1250 ESPN. We had to come down, visit our new affiliate. I'm here, as always, with my co-captain, Byron Lambert on the other side of the glass. We have our great producer, James Pleasure. Uh, very happy to have him here with us today as well. Byron, what's going on, man? Well, we it it my 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 we just can't believe football is back and how quickly the the off season passes us by when you're busy with all the off season NFL events that is the the year round uh, uh, slate that it is now and we've been covering all those events uh, so we can be ahead of the head of the curve on all the fantasy picks this year all the fantasy strategy we're here in San Antonio this year uh, to help all of our listeners uh, win their leagues. Uh, we've been very fortunate to be brought here by a terrific sponsor, Sideliners Bar and Grill on 15-630 Henderson Pass. Uh, great place to hang out, uh, watch the games on Sundays. they got a ton of beers on tap and a whole bunch of volleyball courts out in the back if you want to bring the family and the friends up just for a full day of, of fun. And we're going to have to be broadcasting out of, out of San Antonio some of these mornings anyway just so we can stop by and see Jesse and the guys there at Sideliners to watch some of these games. So, San Antonio, it is our pleasure to be on the airwaves here this year. Please call us all season long uh, with any questions that you have about your fantasy draft, your fantasy lineup, your sit starts. You can reach us anytime at 210-656-3776. That's 656-ESPN. Alex, let's dive right in, man. There's been quite a bit of change over the offseason, and I think we ought to take a quick spin around the league, talk about how the landscape of the uh, league has changed this year and how that might affect uh, the fantasy football season here in 2012. And there's really no other way to get started than with uh, everybody knows Peyton Manning has left Indianapolis and made his way over to Denver. Uh, Big changes in the AFC West, and it's a big upgrade over Tim Tebow at the quarterback <laughs> position <laughs> last year. A lot of change up in the mile high air. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, during the preseason, I, I watched back every, every snap of every game, you know, live, generally on the preseason live on the condensed mode. And, and for the first time in my life, there was a, it, uh, there was a Giants game. And then right after it, there was a game that Peyton Manning was playing in. And for the first time in my life, I thought to myself, I'd always kind of thought it. We've talked about it before that Eli might have a, a little bit better of an arm than Peyton. But for the first time in my life, I said, wow, Eli's arm. When you watch these two guys back to back over the course of a whole quarter, a whole quarter and a half. It, I mean, it's night and day. Eli's arm is much stronger than Peyton Manning's arm now. I'm not sure that Peyton Manning is ever going to get the nerve regeneration back to where his arm is what it used to be. But how much does that really matter as far as fantasy purposes? You're looking at guys like Eric Decker. You're looking at guys like Demarius Thomas. You're looking at guys like Willis McGay. He is part of that offense. And, of course, people will be relying on Peyton Manning as their first And they brought Jacob Tammy there as the tight end. So I think in general, and, you know. And, and Joel Dreesen, who, who – snaked a bunch of touchdowns last year in, down in Houston. Exactly. So in general, people want to kind of uh, give an upgrade to all the skilled players in Denver. 
oh, sure. as far as fantasy yes. prospects are concerned this year. So, um, you know, if you haven't drafted yet, you want to put, you know, McGahee, uh, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, Tammy, those guys on your radar. Um, if you already have them on your team, you know, you should have some some pretty good expectations for them this season. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. It's going to bring a lot more excitement to the AFC West. The flip side of that is, um, you know, a major source of media during training camp has been Tim Tebow now in New York. And we're not sure that's such a disastrous fantasy situation in New York. Anyways, we don't touch it with a 10 foot pole. The only way that that could be worse is if they brought Vince Young in and he started calling it the dream team. That could be the only that could be the only thing that could make things worse up there. So the people the people who, you know, picked up Tim Tebow last year and he became a great spot play down the stretch as the starting quarterback in Denver. Um it's hard to have those expectations this year uh while he's in New York. I mean, we think he may be good for some goal line touches, uh occasional good games, but as long as he's Coming in to back up Mark Sanchez, uh, it's hard to really rely on him this year. He may be a decent spot play at times. It, it, if you look at the Jets' early season schedule, though, it's a it's a murderer's row. So I don't know if I mean it could be one of these deals where T. It, God, it's just it's going to be a nightmare. They're going to be calling for him. Even Fireman Ed will be down there leading chance. Just Tebow, Tebow. Hey, I can already hear it. So maybe if you have a super deep bench, you can roster Tebow. More likely than not, he belongs on the waiver wire in your league right now. And maybe just keep an eye on things. And if start to feel like things are heading south with Sanchez, maybe you uh, snatch him up a week earlier or so this year. Uh, other changes. Well, we've got you know big news in Jacksonville is Maurice Jones-Drew is still never made his way into the building or to the team or to training camp or anything really. <laughs> and, and, he, and he holds no cards. And, you know, I don't know what he's doing as of Friday. He had, he'd racked up 1 million in fines. So it's, it's, I, I mean, at this point, you know, people are just staring down a double barrel gun when they're looking at drafting Maurice Jones drew right now in fantasy drafts. Uh, obviously the thing that needs to happen, if you do take him, uh, it's an imperative that you handcuff him with Rashad Jennings, which is now getting a lot harder because his average draft position has moved up to, into the sixth and seventh round, which almost, you know, as far as, a, a, you know, we talk a lot about handcuff efficiency at, at rosterwatch.com, who, who's the, which is the website that brings you this radio show. And as far as the handcuff efficiency, it, given the average draft position, I'm not quite sure that it seems like a handcuff that you need to have. But when you're picking a Maurice Jones-Drew, is it just you take him and you try and roll with it you hope he's not going to pull this Vincent Jackson 2010 deal where he just comes back for six games to get a year towards free agency because he signed through 2013 and he's already re-signed this contract and then in 2014 they will slap a franchise tag on him he'll get his raise and then they will send his 30 year old worn out body packing and that's just what's going to happen. It's disappointing because MJD is a guy that we really liked last year. We were very high on when others were low. He had a great season. Uh, you know, we've seen the improvement in Blaine Gabbard in the offseason. The addition of Justin Blackman, which is a whole other topic, is something that we really like. So we think things were going to set up well for Maurice Jones-Drew uh, this year again. 
Um, but unfortunately, they've been With able these to holdouts. Yeah, man. they've been able to work things, unable to work things out. And you know, we it's have a new good, scheme. It's a new system. We, new head coach, new owner. And we know how important it is to start fast in fantasy football. Um, so you're operating from a position of strength early in the season. And unfortunately, we foresee a slow start from Reese Jones. Drew, um, this does mean he could present a decent value in the draft. We would recommend if you haven't drafted yet, do not take him anywhere before the late second. Or really, third really? third round is where we like him. And falling with every day. Uh, but James is telling us that he he was able to scoop him up in the fourth. What a what in a the fourth. What fourth. a steal! That's yeah. so that's gonna he put he put his ski mask on for that one. Yeah. So that's, no, I got uh, Peterson third, Jones Drew in the fourth, and mm-hmm. one of my leagues. Little bit hey. of a little bit of a risky three four turn. Little risk reward, but that's yeah. a you know it's good that you didn't have to do that super early. So hopefully you got some guys that are your foundation in those first couple of rounds. And there. I do. I, I've got some foundation guys that I'm building around, and you know. You, when you draft strengths at one position, you obviously have a deficiency at another. But I think I've got some good value late to supplant Peterson and Jones-Drew with a couple of guys I really like, Doug Martin and Stephen Ridley. That cool. are yeah. so and, and definitely and, fellas that should be on people's radar. And we're gonna get into we'll get into a lot more about actually we. We'll be talking about Stephen Ridley. We have Mike Loiko from Boston, who's rosterwatch.com's director of uh, pro scouting, and he'll—I'm sure that he'll have some things to say about uh, about the Patriots. But one of the things that we had him at Patriots training camp <laughs> investigating was, you know, who was going to be toting the rock there in New England, and it's pretty obvious that it's going to be Stephen Ridley. A couple other quick changes here in the off season. Uh, there's, it's the year of the rookie quarterback. We got a bunch of rookie quarterbacks it's that are going to be starting the it? season. It's new very faces, new places. Very exciting. We're you know we love what we've seen out of Andrew Luck, uh, Robert Griffin the third, and Russell Wilson so far. Uh, we actually think we're a little lower on Griffin in the draft. We think Luck is a very serviceable fantasy option right off the bat, and Russell Wilson has looked like a great pick to stash late in your draft he could be a great backup could be you might be able to use him as trade bait and if you're in a keeper league he's somebody i'd really have an eye on yeah keeper leagues dynasty leagues he's i mean russell wilson's like gold right now people worry about how short he is but byron and i watched every throw that he made at the senior bowl we watched every throw that he made at the combine the fact is the kid's five foot ten but he's really closer to five foot eleven i think he's five foot ten and seven eighths and his release makes him look like he's six foot two Plus, he can run the ball. He's a guy who's going to rack up a lot of points with the rushing. Um, as far as guys, you know, out of those three rookies, I would say that Andrew Luck is the one who I think will be most relevant fantasy-wise and will have the highest floor. Um, but Russell Wilson would definitely be cl- close there in the conversation with Robert Griffin being in a pretty distant you know, second or third. I foresee a lot more growing pains there. If you haven't had your draft yet, we definitely say those guys would be two safety valves at quarterback if you hit a slide there. Um, I think you could live with Andrew Luck as your starter this year if you've built the rest of your team properly and you're active on the uh, waiver wire throughout the season. Speaking of the draft, um, if you do want to go to rosterwatch.com, we ha- if you haven't had your draft yet, you, you might have one today or tomorrow or even Tuesday. Uh, we have a three-step uh, draft cheat sheet that's available for download. Super easy to use. And free. Free. Everybody that's used it has given us great feedback. I haven't seen a- anybody with a bad draft that's used it. Um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been 
been downloaded. It's been downloaded over over five thousand times this week. So listen, this is Roster Watch. We're so happy to be on in San Antonio. Please remember to call us. Uh, the phone number is 210-656-3776. That's six five six ESPN. You're listening to Roster Watch twelve fifty ESPN San Antonio. This is Roster Watch. My name is Alex Dunlap. On the other side of the glass today in San Antonio, Mr. James Pledger. As always, Zoinks. my co-captain, Byron Lambert. San Antonio, San Antonio, we are so happy to be here. Can you tell we're excited? <clears throat> Call us with any of your football or fantasy football questions this morning. 210-656-3776. That's 656-ESPN. If you got drafts today, or if you've already had your draft, you want us to tell you about how your team looks, you know, anything, let us know. We've got some exciting stuff coming up. We we are going to have Mike Loiko, our director of scouting, come in uh, next segment. He's going to be previewing the uh, first game of the NFL slate, which is going to be Giants-Cowboys this week. Uh, we're also going to be having our very own fantasy trash man on to give us our garbage picks for the year. Hey, so. and the, it's going to be real trashy, very smelly, very, very, very dumpsterish. But for 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 those of you that have may have may not have had your draft yet, we just touched on it a bit. Uh, we told you about the free cheat sheet that's available for download at rosterwatch.com. Uh, let, let's just dive right back into some basic draft strategy uh, briefly, just in case uh, our listeners haven't had their draft yet. So, uh, you know, we think that it's the year of the quarterback and the tight end. Which is which flies in the face of everything that all of the people in the industry are saying. But you should listen to us because we're top ten percent worldwide in the whole fantasy football industry. We beat last year ESPN, CBS Sports. I mean, anybody you pay pay money to go read their content. We beat them, you know, last year. So. And we've been to all the off-season events that none of these other fantasy No one's been uh, to it. We, we've been going attend. around to pro day after pro day, the NFL Combine, the Senior Bowl. I mean, my goodness. So most most pundits are, are recommending, you know, that you go real high this year on running backs and you fill up on them. Uh, that's actually not what we believe at Roster Watch. We think that your significant advantages will be gained uh, from the top-flight quarterbacks. We also believe that the tight end, the two tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, who we like, and Jimmy Graham, who we love, yes, we think those guys are going to separate you from the pack. And then our belief is that this draft is actually a very, very deep one. There is a plethora of running back and wide receiver talent from the third round all the way through the end of the draft, literally the last round of the draft. Do you guys, it, it's hard to explain the amount of time that we put into our projection algorithms and the amount of time that we put into you know creating these proprietary formulas. And as we are projecting these players who can be drafted, especially at the wide receiver position, who can be drafted between rounds four and round seven or eight, we have never seen as small a difference in their projected output as we have this season. And we've been playing fantasy I, we've been playing fantasy football since we had to cut the cut the box scores out of newspapers and like send the send them out in the US mail <laughs> to members of our league. And I've never seen it like this. And so the most important thing is at the very beginning of the draft, make sure that you get people at positions who are going to give you advantages over others at those positions because the fact of the matter is 
once you get to round four, middle of round four, beginning of round five, things stay completely the same and stay completely static for four to five rounds. To Alex's point, we think wide receivers extremely deep. We think you can wait until the fourth or fifth round even to, to take your first uh, wide receiver. Uh, then running back, you know, as a tiebreaker, we would say lean towards running back in the middle rounds to 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 start establishing your team there. But really, there's uh, there's no rush. Uh, just take your time, take the guys you like the most, and just try to set your team up with that quarter that premium quarterback right off the bat. Uh, if you're unable to get Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. We like uh, Antonio Gates as a big time weapon this year, as actually as a great value in the third or fourth round. And then Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez is, is where we'd like to draw the line. The fourth or, right around the fourth or fifth. After that, you're definitely falling down. A tier. After that, wait to the twelfth, thirteenth round for your tight end. Get a Greg Olson. Get Greg Olson. Right. So y'all don't have a high grade on Finley coming back from his injury. <laughs> I we, don't, we I, actually had this discussion yeah. yesterday. We have a slightly differing opinions on that. I, you know, we think Finley has been an underwhelming fantasy uh, player. Uh, we do think he's talented and he's in a high-powered offense, so I think that gives him an element of upside that's worth something. But when you get down to it and you analyze, you know, what his expected value is this year, the difference between him and Jermaine Gresham and Brandon Pettigrew and Greg Olson and you know the Brent Selleck's of the world, it's 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 marginal to the point where it's not worth having to take Finley you know four rounds before those guys in a draft. And at this point, you know, I mean, we, I mean, is it beginning to maybe even feel like a little bit of a pattern with Finley, even going going, going back to college? We all complain so much about how how he was underutilized, how he was such an athletic specimen, you know. Even even in Austin, you know, at the University of Texas. So, I mean, the potential's always been there. Has he had one semi breakout season in the NFL? Yes, but I mean, there's not really too much that we have to go on to project him being, you know being there in that same league as an Antonio Gates, as an Aaron Hernandez. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's the best of the next tier down. Well, it's funny. We think we think that we actually think that for different reasons, we think that Vernon Davis and Jermichael Finley have a tier of their own. They do, kind And of. we think it's kind of that bridge between the Aaron Hernandez, kind of once you're getting down to the Tony Gonzalez, the you know, and then you start going later into the Greshams, the Pettigrews. A- another guy we actually like right now is Jason Witness falling very far in drafts. Ninth and tenth round. We think that that's a tremendous value. So me personally, I'd rather wait even a couple rounds, try to snatch a Witten, than have to blow a sixth maybe seventh round pick on Finley where there's a ton of running backs and wide receivers on the board that I like at that point in the draft. Yeah. I was just wondering because, you know, before the injury last season that shelved him, he was on his way to quite a season and you see the upside if he's healthy, especially in the offense that the Packers run and the way they utilize because Aaron Rodgers just looks for the mismatch and where he's got it. That's where he's going with the ball. And usually the best mismatch on the field when you get in the red zone is Jeremichael Finley? Hey, I, I, you know, I don't, I definitely don't disagree. That was, that was a little bit of an argument that Alex and I had yesterday. I, you know, I well, think that Finley, I think that Finley, you definitely have to consider the element of upside. Yeah, and you know, and that's the other thing. You know, James actually brings up a really good point. You know, we're talking, we're talking about the NFC North here, and and we're talking about, we're talking about 
teams who uh, I'm I mean let's let's be honest the DB play in the NFC North it, it's it, it's been very shaky at best it's been very un un unphysical let's just say uh the 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 linebacker play has been great against the run uh, traditionally not very good uh not very good against against the pass and those are the guys who are going to be picking up the linebackers on the crossing routes the say uh you know as far as the safeties uh, I mean, well, and then you think about the type of targets that Aaron Rodgers has, and just from a from a frame, from a build, I mean, Finley is the most geared towards being a red zone target. Yeah, so and just going against safeties like Justin Duran and Lewis Delman. Anyways, and, look I mean, for value on him. Don't go out of your way. I don't go out of your way for the Vernon Davises and the Jermichael Finleys of the world. But if the value's there, you know, and you like those guys, it, it you know it can be a flyer worth taking. But see, the difference between Finley and Davis is Finley actually has a quality quarterback, well, which gives him the higher upside, I would think. I, I, I tend to believe that, I mean, he, I, I think Finley has an elite quarterback. I think that, I think that Vernon Davis has a just fine quarterback. Well, a fine one, but you know Rodgers is the better of the two that's going to... You also have to take into consideration with Vernon Davis that there ha- that they have gone from a completely bare shelf at the wide receiver position to a cupboard that is completely exactly. full. Uh, Randy Moss, Mario Manningham, uh, Kyle Williams is still there. Uh, uh, Michael Crabtree returns, and they drafted AJ Jenkins with the first with their first round. Pick. I think prior to those additions, the argument would be that Vernon Davis was a little more of a primary target for Alex Smith than Finley is mm-hmm. for Aaron Rodgers. And then people don't – it's hard for me to forget the absolute monster performances that Vernon Davis put up in the playoffs right, last year. Right, right. And some people are going to think that that kind of will catapult him and his relationship with uh, Alex Smith to another level this year. So either way, they're not high on our list. But uh, Yeah, and, and if you go to rosterwatch.com, you look at our cheat sheet. It's been tested. We've done it like 80 times. It's never, it's, it's never made a bad draft. It, we've, we've mocked it over and over again. You'll see exactly what kind of running backs you should be taking in front of a Vernon Davis. Or Last in front tight of a end question. Yeah. Okay, let's listen. The uh, possible upside of one of the rookie tight ends, such as a Colby Flaner, getting him very, very late in the draft. He's already got that built-in rapport with Andrew Luck that he had from college. You know, we hear a lot about that built-in rapport, but I'm, I've, I've been yet to see it. <laughs> uh, I, I think that Reggie Wayne is uh, Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton, who's another a, a very extremely talented rookie out of Florida International, they uh, are going to be the are going to be the two the two main guys there. Uh, as far as you know, Kobe Fleener, late round upside, maybe, but I might even take uh, the other rookie, Dwayne Allen. Uh, it seems like he's been getting uh, or well, he has been getting targeted more and uh the reports that you hear from camp are that you know he he and luck might be developing the 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 uh, rapport so as far as as far as with these rookie tight ends uh you know i don't know with the with a kobe fleener with a Dwayne allen could you take a look yes but it should probably be a little bit later on in your draft well very good I'm looking forward to having Mike on in the next segment. We're going to be talking Giants and Cowboys. I know everybody in San Antonio is hype about getting the Cowboys back on their TV. San Antonio loves the Cowboys. We love the Cowboys. We love having Mike Loiko on. Guys, this is Roster Watch. We're so happy to be on in San Antonio. Call us, 210-656-3776. That's 656-ESPN. This is Roster Watch, and this is 1250 ESPN San Antonio.
San Antonio, this is Roster Watch, and we are back talking fantasy football. We're going to be here all season. We are ecstatic to be live in San Antonio this year, and we have a very special part of the crew that's about to join us. We know all these fans in San Antonio love their Cowboys, and we have our good associate, Mike Loiko, our director of pro scouting for rosterwatch.com. He is joining us live now, and he's going to give us the breakdown on the Cowboys at the Giants' first game of the season this year. Mike, are you there, bud? Yeah, I'm here, guys. How you doing? How things up there in Boston? It's going pretty good. Wicked. I stayed up late last night, had my big fantasy draft, so I'm ready for the football season to start. Did it turn out wicked awesome? Yeah, I basically threw your strategy that you guys are talking about out the window and <laughs> went three running backs and kind of ended up pretty weak at quarterback. But you know, hey, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Lico, Lico, we 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 never I, we are not against taking three running backs if if three running backs fall to you at 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 value. Who did you end up taking? Uh, well, I had the third pick overall, so I ended up with Ray Rice. Uh, I got stuck with Ryan Matthews. There's a run on running backs in a second. And then in my league, I get it's PPR and return yard. So I, I took Darren Sproles. Sproles. I knew you were going to say that. are just sky high, at least in my opinion. All right. Well, well hey, we, we all know a thing start. or two about going on a big positional run early in the draft. I took I had the opposite. I took three quarterbacks in the first three rounds and went, went way off the script the other day. Of our so. big draft. Nobody could believe it. But then again, man, he's already he's already made moves and, and, and turned that into some real value for himself. So, yeah. Well, so, Mike, we got Cowboys at Giants. It's going to be on on Wednesday. We cannot believe it. The NFL is back. We are so pumped, and of course, as our as our director of scouting, we want to get you on the phone, man. Tell us what you see from a personnel standpoint here. Some of the matchups, some of the things that we should be kind of keeping an eye on and thinking about whenever we're setting our fantasy rosters for players that are here in this game. Well, both teams are pretty well stocked fantasy wise, both at running back and wide receiver. Um, the two players, you know, that I really think are going to make the biggest impact on the game. First for the Giants, I think, you know, Victor Cruz is turning to the guy that really, you know, he makes the whole offense go. He kind of passed Hakeem Nick's by late in the season as, you know, kind of that number one receiver of the SWAT. They move him around. And, you know, I, I really like Victor Cruz. He's going, you know, really high in drafts right now, a little too high for my liking. But, you know, the last game he played against the Giants, I mean, against Dallas his last game of the season, he torched them for 178 yards and a touchdown. Dallas did spend a lot of money this offseason, $50 million on Brandon Carr, and traded up in the first round to get Morris Claiborne you know, to address their secondary issue. So I don't think Dallas's secondary is going to be as big of a sieve as it was at the end of last year. But if I'm picking a guy in the Giants you know, to target and have in my lineup against uh, the Cowboys, it'd definitely be Victor Cruz. And, you know, Hakeem Nix is coming off the foot surgery. He really hasn't practiced too much in the preseason. So, you know, that's a little bit worrisome, too. And then on the flip side, you know, I'm kind of low on the Cowboys receivers right now. Dez is, you know, so up and down and inconsistent. He'll make a big play, but then he'll disappear the rest of the game. So if I'm going after a Cowboys player to put in my lineup uh, week one, it's going to be DeMarco Murray. Um, I really don't see much competition for him in the backfield. 
Uh, he only played against the Giants one game last season. He was injured for the last game. So you really can't take in his stats into uh, much of, can't take them into account much. But I think Murray's going to have a you know a big game against the Giants. Felix Jones is really out of the picture now, and so I expect Murray to get a bulk bulk of the carries and a lot of action. Well, and and Mike brought up uh, Mike brought up a good point and something that we should probably address with uh, with regards to Hakeem Nix, who is coming off the foot surgery. Uh, it it had been um, the it had been the statement of the of the Giants and of Hakeem Nix from the very beginning that he would be ready for week one. And now the beat reporters out of New York are saying, well, Nix is saying he's going to be ready, but he's saying he's going to be playing through some pain, which you don't really love hearing as a fantasy owner. Not only because, uh, I mean, he's playing through pain, so he might not be as effective, but also, like, you just as a fantasy owner, you just think, God, man, like maybe you just don't even play him that week. Give him another week to rest if it still hurts, because you know the worst thing you can do is you know rush and you know rush the guy back. Obviously, you know Mario Manningham is no longer there. We've seen a couple guys kind of kind of come in there and play. Uh, I, I know that this this is kind of taking a little bit off the script, Mike. But uh, what uh, what? Do you have what is your book on what is your book on Ramsey's Bard? And he seems like a real big body, somebody who might be able to come in there and do some things. Uh, is is he anybody that uh, that you were able to scout coming out? And, and do you have any thoughts on any, any thoughts on him? Yeah, definitely. It actually looks like Barton, you know, won the number three job over Ruben Randall when the Giants trapped in the second round. Um, the Giants actually played played the Patriots the last preseason game, and Barton was probably, you know, their biggest performer on offense. The thing with Barton is it's going to be a speed. He's huge. He's six foot six, but you know he's just not very fast. So he's going to be probably the third target for Eli Manning. It's all going to depend on. You know how much attention gets paid to Nixon, Cruz. Uh, you know, I, I expect the Cowboys and every team in the NFL to really, you know, let the other guys beat him. We saw the Patriots fully double team Cruz. Uh, they took uh, Nixon away over the top, and they let the other guys beat him ultimately. And you know, Manningham's a much better receiver than Barden right now. Barden's just—he's a huge target, but very questionable speed. Then, you know, the Giants also brought in Martellus Bennett from the Giants. And I know he said some things here in the last couple of days, how he's prepared to make the Cowboys, you know, show them what they lost. My God, I'm so sick of hearing about me, Tellus Bennett. I am. My goodness. I actually think he has a chance to have some impact. You don't think so at all, Mike? Um, He raps about Captain Crunch, his favorite (laughs) kind of lunch. Hey, me tell us, hey, be money. It's always been the same. It's always been the same. Get him out of here. I just don't think he really, you know, loves playing football. I think he gained a lot of weight uh, between last season and this season. I think he's a good blocker, but I think he's probably the, you know, the fourth or fifth option in that Giants offense behind even, you know, guys like Bradshaw and David Wilson even. I just I don't see a huge fantasy season from him. If you're all right with some putting up something like Jake Ballard numbers, you know, I wouldn't expect much more than that. You shouldn't be okay with putting up Mike, Jake let me Ballard let me ask you on let's let's put the car in reverse for a second here. On on Ramsey's Barden, you know, being a number three target, kinda of what you're implying here for Eli Manning is 
that could be a, a pretty good thing. Manning, you know, threw for what almost five thousand yards last year. He really throws it around. So does that translate into Ramsey Barden having uh, fantasy relevance? Is he ownable? Is he a sleeper for the season? I mean, how do you how do you see that kind of playing out over the course of the season? Is is somebody we need to be paying yeah. attention to? You know, that, that's a pretty good point. Early on this season, I would really, you know, just sit back and watch and see how it plays out between Ruben Randall and Ramses Barton. Right now, it looks like Barton's ahead, but, you know, that could really change at any point. I think Cruz and Nix, you know, you can both, you know, you can write them in for 1,200 yards at a minimum and close to 10 touchdowns. And then there's a lot of yards to go around. I, no, I'd be hesitant to even put him in my lineup right now, but if you want to stash him on your bench and, you know, see if he can emerge, you know, that might not be a bad idea. But his ceiling is limited by his speed. At the combine, I think he ran a 4.61, and since then he's had a bunch of leg injuries. So, legitimately, he's probably in the 4.7 range speed-wise. He's almost like a wide receiver in a tight end body right now. But Eli does love to throw it around. He spreads the ball around as much as any other quarterback. So he's someone, if you have a deep bench and a deep league, I would definitely keep an eye on him and Ruben Randall for that matter. Well, and then another matchup everybody's dying to hear about is there's been a lot of talk this year, kind of preseason for fantasy football, that, uh, you know, Tony Romo and Eli Manning are very, uh, they're, they're equals when it comes to fantasy. And there's been a lot of debate about which one should be drafted first. Uh, we know Eli Manning is kind of a king of interceptions, but uh, he, he's got a lot of weapons. He took a big leap last year in his production. Romo's always showed the propensity for really, for being a passer and uh, racking up some yardage. How do you, who has the edge in the quarterback matchup? This week, and which guy do you like more uh, for the season, Mike? Uh, this week, uh, I'd probably go with Eli. I like his receivers a little bit better, and I like uh, he just has a more proven track record. Romo, he'll wow you one game. He'll put up huge numbers. You think he's finally turned the corner, and he'll fall back down to earth. They both throw a ton of interceptions. And Eli's going a little bit earlier in the draft. At least in my draft, he went a little bit earlier than I thought he would. He went before Romo. I think they're, like you said, they're very even guys. Um, if you miss out on those top quarterbacks, I would definitely target Manning or Romo, you know, in the sixth or seventh rounds. Just in my, for my take, I think Eli's kind of taking the leap to the next uh, tier of quarterbacks, next echelon. He's got two Super Bowls now. So I, I would take Eli over Romo. I think the ceiling's a little bit higher. And if Romo starts to struggle in Dallas and Dallas gets off to a bad start, there's going to be a lot of you know noise surrounding them that you know they going to be looking for a new quarterback sooner or later if he can't get it done this year. I just think Eli's spot on you know, on the team in the NFL is just a little bit more solid than Romo's right now. All right, Mike. So I think we got, I think we got like two, two, probably two or three minutes left before we got to get out of here. Uh, but I wanted to, wanted to ask you, though, to help our listeners here to understand what is going? You have been reporting for us from Patriots training camp uh, d- during this month. Help our listeners know what to make out of this New England backfield and how it's going to be different this year than it has been previously. Yeah, well, right now it's really they got one back that's really healthy. That's Stephen Ridley. Um, Ring got hurt in the uh, last preseason game. He didn't practice the last couple days, and even before that, though, I you know Ridley. Got the 
a lot more work last year than Shane Green did. Um, the Patriots, as a team, had only five runs of 20-plus yards last year, and Stephen Ridley had every single one of them in less than 90 carries. Um, I just think that touchdowns to be scored there. Ben Jarvis Green Ellis scored 24 touchdowns the past two seasons. Those have moved on to Cincinnati with him. And at a minimum, Stephen Ridley is going to get goal line carries and the bulk of the first and second down carries. And, you know, I picked him up as my fourth running back with Ryan Matthews being out week one. I want to put Stephen Ridley in the flex. And, you know, I think he's going to have a pretty good fantasy season. Ben Jarvis Greenell has got a thousand yards two years ago and twelve plus touchdowns and you know, I think that's really feeling is a much, much better player than Greenellis. He just needs to, you know, show it in the games once he gets the opportunity. So it sounds like we have some clarity there. It's gonna be Stephen Ridley toting the rock in New England. We finally kinda of know that. Uh, and then the last question would be we have not seen much out of our favorite Spider Man, Brandon Lloyd, this this preseason uh i know you've been at camp uh, in the games you know he hasn't been quite as involved as we would like to see for his draft position for now uh, round five round six do you see that evolving into something where it's going to be you know where it's going to be a possible wide receiver one high-end wide receiver two in fantasy leagues this year yeah, definitely a high-end wide receiver, too. I'd put very little stock in what the Patriots did in the preseason games. They were as vanilla as I've ever seen them. In practice, I mean, Lloyd made every catch that's thrown to him. He makes just such sick catches. It looks different when he catches it. The Patriots only kept four wide receivers on their roster. They let Gaffney go, Branch go, Dante Stallworth go. So you're really only going to see sets with two legitimate wide receivers, Welker and Lloyd. And then, you know, Hernandez, I think, makes the whole thing go. But I think Lloyd, as a high-end wide receiver, too, I think he's going to put up big numbers this year. I don't think he'll be disappointed. But if I'm targeting, like you guys said earlier, Gronkowski, if you don't feel comfortable taking him in the second round, Hernandez, he's the guy to have. He's going to catch 100 balls. He's going to be the the star uh, star that stirs the drink this year for the Patriots offense, in my opinion. Mike Loiko, follow him on Twitter. It's at N-E-P-D Loiko. That's at N-E-P-D Loiko. You can find his work at rosterwatch.com and also nepatriotsdraft.com. N-E-P-D underscore Loiko. Woo! Hey, James Pledger, the man behind the glass. Hey, he's a meticulous producer. We love it. It's at NEPD underscore Loico. So uh, make sure and follow Mike on Twitter. We're coming right back with the trash man, our very own trash man. He's going to be digging through the dumpster a little bit, looking for some nuggets of fantasy gold for your fantasy drafts for week one. This is Roster Watch. This is Fantasy Football. And this is 1250 ESPN San Antonio. is Roster Watch San Antonio. We are so happy to be here today. Our new affiliate station, 1250 ESPN. We are broadcasting here live from San Antonio, enjoying the Alamo City. Hey, uh, thanks to our terrific sponsor, Sideliners Bar and Grill. Oh, good. Oh, goodness. We're going to be stopping by there on the way home and picking up some tacos, right? Hey, the three taco special is unbelievable. They're at 15, 630 Henderson Pass. GM Jesse, our good friend, will take great care of you over there. So 
I guess for um, what we'll be doing now is... I, or, or, well, we're going to be having our very own fantasy trash man on here very shortly. We're going to be talking about the garbage picks of the season, okay? Of the week, I that, think that—that's if the trash man rolls out of his dumpster and picks up whatever cellular telephone device that he's planning on using. Yeah, he doesn't—he—he he doesn't like having to pay for a cell phone plan. That's yeah. for sure. Well, sure. I guess for now, let's just go. We can still talk about some of our. Let's talk about some of our personal love hate uh, okay. for the year. Uh, we've already made our love known for the quarterbacks and the tight ends. A good place to start would probably be running backs. Okay, so with running backs, the guys who we love as far as the value presented, um, uh, there are obvious running backs that I love. I love Arian Foster. I love Ray Rice. I love LaShawn McCoy. But you can't always pick with the first three picks and be able to get those guys. Um, I think Peyton Hillis is being criminally undervalued in fantasy drafts. I think he's probably going to have a better season than Jamal Charles. Even though Jamal Charles has looked very healthy, uh, the fact that you can get Peyton Hillis five rounds later it represents a complete steal to me. Um, I, I really love Willis McGahee. Love I, Willis McGahee. I, I, I feel like he's, he's being, the kind of guy Peyton Manning loves. He was very good last year. He's only going to be better. They're going to score more this year. Yeah, so uh, as far as... It, it, Oh my God! What is that? What? What is it? it the oh smell is starting to creep in. I can almost smell it through the microphones. I, oh my God! It's it smells like a diaper full of dead squirrels. Oh! The only what, man whose DNA is, is made of complete it's, garbage. It's garbage! It's complete trash. Ladies and gentlemen, we have him on the phone. We don't know where he's calling from. It's a dumpster somewhere. It's the rosterwatch.com trash man. Yo, trash man, what up? What up, guys? Where are you calling from today, trash man? Oh, I am in. Where am I? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Do you rest? Do you rest your head on some cardboard or or a trash <laughs> bag last night, man? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> What's going on, man? So, hey, man, we're up here in San Antonio right now. We just want to, or I guess down here in San Antonio, just kind of trying to figure out what's, you know, we know you normally have some trash it's been, picks. It's been, it's been eight months since we've been able to go dumpster diving. We're ready to jump right in. We figure you might still have some nasty stuff in your pockets still from hey, last year. Yeah, trash, man, share your garbage with, with, with all the fans in San Antonio. Who are the garbage picks of this season? Hey, you you just get started. We got we got a few minutes here, so you just go down your list in the order of trash that you like. All right. Um well we'll start at wide receiver. That's where it usually gets trashiest. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I like I don't, I don't know, a lot of people haven't been talking about him very much and I'm not really sure why. But I like TJ Graham. Of the Buffalo Bills. I love T.J. Graham, too. Maybe you haven't heard about him yet, um, but you will. Uh, he's a little speedster, kind of in the mold of a Lee Evans, who was there in Buffalo for a while. Uh, I think they've been missing a player like that. You know, Stevie Johnson, he's got groin troubles. Um, we don't really know how he's going to shape out, but T.J. Graham, he's done a lot in the preseason for them, and I think he's going to produce during the season as well. Who else is stinky on that list, man? <laughs> Dripping with slime and and, and, and all kinds and, of just and whatever, nastiness. And whatever various molds can occur. Give us there. two more wide receivers real quick, Trash Man. You want two more? Two more. 
All right. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Pittsburgh Steelers. The lesser known uh, Steelers Antonio wide Brown, yeah. kind of guy. Right. A guy going into last season, people weren't sure if it was going to be him or Antonio Brown. Right. We like that. Who else is a little further down in that dumpster when you search around? A little further down? I like I like Streeter. Rod Streeter. Oakland Raiders hey, Streeter? Fresno he's guy. Burning, he's been, he's he's been looking been great. it up this preseason. I mean, there's a lot of question marks there in Oakland. Um, Daenerys Moore's coming off an injury. Darius Howard Bay had a great season last year, but I don't know. I'm just not crazy about him. I think Streeter has a chance to come in and really make an impact there in Oakland. All right. So. Who has a chance to come in and make an impact from the running back position that nobody knows about or has even thought about <laughs> drafting with a 10-foot pole so far? sure if they don't know about him yet, but there's Jonathan Dwyer, also the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Isaac Redman, uh, he's, looked, he's looked less than impressive on the preseason, and Dwyer's just been ripping it up. Um, I think they're going to give him a shot, and I think he's got a chance to take the backfield out of Isaac Redman's hands. And and just and, and and just real quick, let's hear your trashiest quarterback, your trashiest tight end before we get out of here and head back up to Austin. <laughs> Uh, he's not really trashy, but not a lot of people have been picking him up, and that's Philip Rivers. Uh, I think he has the potential to be a top-five quarterback this season, um, and you can draft him out of the top ten pretty much. Um, also, tight end, um, somebody that I know both of you guys love, but not a lot of people have been talking about um, outside of roster watch, and that's Greg Olson. Um I think that outside of Stephen Smith, there really doesn't, there really aren't that many great targets there in Carolina. You know, Brandon LaFell has been talked up a lot this preseason, but we don't really know what's going to happen. I think Greg Olson has the potential to be a top five tight end. Trash man, the listeners of San Antonio can only be exposed to so much trash. We're here to look out for their health. We have to stop you there. We cannot. There's just too many biohazards here. We cannot let this continue. We will have you back next week here in studio with us, San Antonio. This is Roster Watch, and we just are so happy to be down here. Thank you so much for listening today, and make sure and go over to Sideliners and check them out.